now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, hop along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Real Radio, the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Mark Larson, thank you, and Southern California, welcome again to another Sunday edition of Rod and Reel Radio. I am your deed, your underfished host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. As Mark just told you, I think we've got a fantastic show lined up for you. Not only that, We've got a full house tonight. My co-host, Dan and Wendy, they're in the house, too. We'll be introducing you to them in just a minute. But let me give you an outline on just who's going to be with us. You know, we're going to talk a little bit about the early days of the East Cape, Rancho Buena Vista, and maybe give you some more current information on where you might want to go on the uh, in south of Baja for the best margaritas and authentic Mexican food. We're going to have Manuel Valdez with us. He'll clue us in on all that in the first segment. And then coming at 544, Captain Mike Franchak. He's uh, scheduled to be with us from Relentless Sports Fishing. The boats have had a hard time getting on out this week because of the weather, but when they can get out, there is still great fishing. Captain Mike's going to update us on exactly what's happening. And in the second half of the hour, we're going to dedicate it to the WONUS Open that just concluded on Lake Mead. We've got recorded interviews with Rick Klum, Brett Height, and the U.S. Open champion, Justin Patty. Then Stan, Wendy, and I will talk a little bit about the U.S. Uh, Open, our, our feelings on that. And then in, uh, at about 6.40 or so, the director of the U.S. Open, Billy Egan, will be with us live to give us a wrap-up on how this year's event went. So it's going to be a great show. Before it gets underway, though, let me introduce to you my co-host, Manna. It's been a long time since I've had both of them on at the same time. It's a pleasure, though. And, again, I want to thank them for taking over and doing a great job while I was traveling through the U.K. So, first of all, he is the voice of 1-800-BASS-BOAT and a pretty darn good freshwater and saltwater angler in his own right, Mr. Stan Vandenberg. Stan, hello. (laughs) Hello, John. Hello, everybody. We know it's been... Fresh back from Mexico, I missed the U.S. Open. That's I would rather have been fishing it, actually. But you know, yeah. a guy's got to do what a guy's got to do. So I spent some time in in Baja, down in Cabo San Lucas, in the arena down below, and figured I might as well report on, you know, the mi- the missing Valdez, <laughs> 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 and where you should go to eat. I got a couple of new spots to share with you, so this will be fun. Valdez X. Hey, before we do that, Stan. Let me introduce to you the other co-host of Ron Real Radio. Last time we talked to her, she was in Texas, 
She was going to the CCA meeting. She was going out boar hunting. I don't know what else she had a chance to do. She never lets any moss grow on her north side, though. She is a national sales manager for Iserline, Miss Wendy Toshihara. Wendy, howdy. Howdy. Yes, I don't let any moss grow under my feet. Yesterday I went bird hunting over here back home. So. Oh, my <laughs> now, now, I got a question, Wendy. I saw the picture of you in Texas, both you and Merritt, holding some weaponry. Was that blue one yours? No, actually, the guide we went with supplies everything. And besides, I couldn't bring, I couldn't have that here. It's illegal for us to have an AR-15 with an infrared scope <laughs> and a full 30-round 30, 30 magazine. You know, I just thought I'd ask because that was pretty impressive looking. Yeah. <laughs> you look good Stan with that, We just have the wrong type of boars running around here in California, that's all. <laughs> Well, I have to say, that was a lot of fun, Stan. you got to do it next time you go to Texas to visit. Well, that's, that's always in the program, and I'm going to be able to take uh, my own versions of those that are in Texas already and utilize them when, when I get there. Uh, hey, Stan, I, 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 wanted to, I told our listeners last week that you were down in uh, Cabo San Lucas. You were you know, there on an annual trip, and... Uh, you were checking out the fishing and a lot of other things, and then you ran into an individual that you thought it might be interesting to have him on the show. So why don't you introduce our next guest to our listening audience? I'll be happy to. You know, for years uh, with the radio show, we traveled down to Spa Buena Vista, Buena Vista Beach Resort, and met with the family down there, Axel of Chewy and Felipe Valdez, and a little while, a little a while ago, I ran into the, another Valdez who was, seems to be the missing Valdez. <laughs> so I asked him, I go, would you like to come on and talk about a little bit about what you did for and when you were at and around uh, Buena Vista Beach Resort and then w- what you have evolved into? And we have with us Mr. Manuel Valdez. Manny, how are you? Welcome to Rod and Rail Radio. Hey, hello, Stan. What, what a nice surprise. What a wonderful time you had down here, huh? Let me say hi to all you audience and uh, hi from Warm Baja. Well, Emmanuel, uh, uh, we want to welcome you to Southern California and our listening audience. And tell us before Stan starts getting into the questioning, where does this radio st- uh, station find you right now down in uh, Baja? Uh, well, there, there are several ones. Uh, the, the ones down here is one called Cabo Mil. It's the most popular one, radio station around here. Okay. And uh, they're pretty much uh, concerned about what's going on right now with the sport fishing, which is, as you know, one of our most and uh, best well-known activities. Okay. Now, where are you physically right now? I'm located in Todos Santos, but I'm originally from the East Cape, from Buena Vista. Actually, I still miss in those years back then when we used to go out before sunrise and look after Lydate, mackerel, basically, to come and supply all the sport fishing boats of the area, Rancho Buena Vista, Spa Buena Vista, Punta Colorada, Palmas de Cortez, all those beautiful and uh, small and quaint uh, small places that the main activity is still is the sport fishing. So we used to supply those before we cut the live bait so they can uh, have a better 
perspective on their fishing trip, on their day fishing trip. Stan, so you, ha- Stan, you have a remembrance that of that, don't you? Yeah, I, I've been going down to Buena Vista for in the East Cape forever, but I never ran into Manny. And Manny was just, he, was, he ran the bait concession. <laughs> like we were talking about, uh, yeah, he, he went out and got the bait for all the bait boats, you know, for all the boats for, for a lot of the different arenas that were down there. But uh, I didn't know he was the bait barge guy <laughs> until, <laughs> well, until we, we talked we this last couple of times. So I go, you got to get on and tell us. And uh, and we always consider ourselves a biggest part in, of the, the whole activity. You know, even though we were just uh, teenagers doing our little tank and uh, helping to the whole activity of the family, and it was beautiful. It was beautiful to come before sunrise to all the boats and supply their, their bait, make sure that every single fisherman going out there, he was going to be supplied with the best, live bait so they can catch the big fish. Manny, tell us a little bit about the early days of Rancho Buena Vista because it was a very unique property in the fact that it was built around, as I understand it, uh, a natural spring or a spa. And tell us how the Valdez family got involved with uh, Rancho Buena Vista in the early years. Well, actually, you know what? Uh, there's a place that's called Rancho Buenavista, and, uh, and our family's place that is called Spa Buenavista. Well, it used to be called Spa Buenavista, and nowadays it's called Buenavista Beach Resort. Yes. But uh, there's a, a phrase that he says is Salute Peracqua. It's an Italian uh, phrase that it concerns to uh, natural spring water. So the place is... It's located exactly where natural, hot natural springs is uh, located, and the, the water pump up from uh, underground. As a matter of fact, the water, it had to be cooled off before they supply over to the room, so otherwise it would break all types of pipes, you know. And it's extremely hot, but, uh, yeah, it is. Uh, that's why it's called Spa Buenavista, and, uh, and it's where I grew up among my brothers, Chewy, you should see, he was the head already of the whole deal and still is. Uh, after that, he counts with his sons, uh, Felipe, Axel, and uh, Esaul, guys that became very well known for their knowledge and their uh, expertise on the sport fishing. So we all get a little piece of activities into the sport fishing, which is just what we love to do. Oh, man, and there's no better place to do it. You know, uh, uh, we, uh, Stan, I know you did, and I had a chance to go down there with Big Tuna Bill Giesland, and when Bill was running trips down there every year, he had a, a great relationship with the Valdez family, especially with Chewy over there. It was his mm-hmm. most ideal place on earth uh, uh, to go, and, you know, when it was Spa Buena Vista, I mean, it was... It was the quintessential old Baja, the way you'd like to see it. But they had great service, great amenities, uh, you know, and a fantastic facility. Even, you know, many years ago when that was unheard of down there. Well, you know what? Thank you. Thank you for bringing those memories up. But uh, always it's been a main concern as actually a permanent commitment. 
with all our friends that it makes the effort to come and stay here with us. So the least thing we can do is trying to do our best to send back satisfied, happy, and with the uh, desire to come back. So uh, based on that philosophy, since we enjoy what we do, and we always have, um, if we keep doing the same thing, you know, so generation after generation, we keep up with the whole, with the whole activity, and uh, we keep looking after to make, uh, uh, you know, a very beautiful experience, uh, fishing trip, staying with us, eating from our cuisine, and drinking our drinks. As a matter of fact, talking about drinks, I'll jump over and I'll tell you what I'm doing now. <laughs> well, why don't you give us a minute to finish about the uh, uh, Spa okay. Buena Vista. And Stan, do you have a rem- remembrance of uh, Spa Buena Vista or the Buena Vista Beach Resort from uh, going back a, for a couple of years? I got a bunch of them, but one of the best stories was Bill and Bill and I were down there running the, uh, one of our little uh, tournaments that we had, you know, with about 50 different people that came in and down with us and and so we went out on my wife and my buddy and i went out on one of the boats down there and uh i got up in the next to the skipper and saw a fish come up and and uh make a, a quick turn on a bait up in front of us and i said we'll draw it over here and right so the skipper swings our uh, troll baits out across that that boil in a one of the biggest Dorado I've seen comes up and eats that outside bait. My wife was sitting down in the chair below, and they handed her the rod, and she was off and running with this Dorado that came to the boat and ran four times away and came back, and finally they got the thing up and, and put it in the boat. ended up being over 55 pounds. It, was, it stretched across all three of them, and then wow. they held the, held the thing up, and it was it was one of the most beautiful Dorado, big bull Dorados I've ever seen. So when we got back I to remember. the uh, yeah. uh, Buena Vista Beach Resort there, and everybody was weighing in their fish, and she she weighed in hers, and they didn't weigh the marlin, but they were weighing in all the tuna and Dorado and anything else that was caught. And she by far and away had the biggest fish other than the marlin, but she was disqualified for any awards by the fish because she was sleeping with the judge. <laughs> Me. <laughs> I was hoping that they just not hear that from you. Uh, you know, hey, Manny, we've got to take a break right now. Can we ask you to stay with us for a little bit longer that we can not only tell a couple stories about uh, uh, the Buena Vista Hotel and Beach Resort, but then you can also let us know what you're doing right now. And that's the most important part. Yeah. It'll be a pleasure to stay here. All okay, right. Hey, perfect. You're listening to Ron Real Radio. Stan, Wendy, and myself, we've got Manny Valdez uh, from Totosantis, Baja Sur with us. We're going to take a break right now. Stay tuned. There's still a lot more Ron Real Radio to come after these messages. Mm-hmm. 
you can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect. Finally, a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main at El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at El Cajon Ford.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specialty heat treater to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. I got a garage full of fishing tackle, and every time I get out on the water, I realize I forgot something important. But I never forget my life jacket. I make sure my buddies wear theirs, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics, McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovet reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal tackle store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. 2015 and 16, Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters, the PTA design has new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone crushing drag. Quantum Fishing, we are performance tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619 466 8355. It's a big deal, you know. I've always wanted to be on Rod and Reel Radio Line. <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream. <laughs> that is just absolutely awesome. Hey, welcome back to Rod and Reel Radio. Stan, Wendy, and I, we're talking with Manuel Valdez. We're talking about some of the early days of the East Cape down at... Uh, uh, the Buena Vista uh, Spawn Resort. And uh, also, we're going to catch up with what Manuel is doing right now. We're talking about some of our remembrances of being down to the Buena Vista. And, Wendy, quickly, can uh, do you have a story you can relate that, uh, you know, you had a good time down there? <laughs> you know, it was the same trip that Stan and his wife, um, when, when his wife caught that 50-pound Dorado, 55-pound Dorado, I went there. I didn't know anyone. I was new to the radio show, and, and Big Tuna Bill says, well, why don't you come along? So I came along, didn't know a soul. A lot of the people from the Rod and Reel Club were there, and uh, they thought I was there. The, the ladies that were on this trip thought I was there to steal their men. <laughs> 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 so they continued to be 
made me drink, drink after drink after drink, <laughs> until they all fell on the floor and I was still standing. Little did they know I can hold my alcohol. <laughs> she was just doing fine, and we had we were surrounded by the Corona girls. Were down there on oh, each yeah. side of a, of the radio show where we were explaining that we were doing live radio broadcast underneath the palm trees on the sand of Spa Buena Vista. It's the sun going down and a light breeze is very comfortable. Everybody's smoking Cohiba cigars and, and drinking Mai Tais or, or their favorite the libation, and we're wonderful. doing live radio. It was great. Yep, and the fishing was wonderful, and the crews are wonderful. Trace Amigos, they were our captains, and we had a great time. Mm. It was just, I love, I love that place. And we had our own mariachi for music going in and out. Oh. It was great. We did. <laughs> hey, just before we get to what Manny's doing, uh, one of the, the best remembrances I have of the Buena Vista Hotel is one year went down there with uh, Big Tuna Bill and uh, also with Pat Howland. And as we're flying in on Alaska Airlines ready to land at the airport, the sea was ugly. And we land, and the wind's blowing, and it's starting to rain. Chewy was at the airport to pick us up, and he goes, hey, guys, we're going to have a big hurricane, but it's just going to come and go. So we go over, to, uh, get over to the East Cape, which is about a 45-minute uh, uh, trip. We settle down, and a hurricane by the name of Juliet happened to descend upon the East Cape and stayed there for five days just spinning, it dumped uh, 17 to 25 inches of rain on the area. Everyone else that was at the hotel, they were eager to get back. They thought they could get back, get back to the airport and um, uh, fly out. The um, The roads were washed out. At that, at that time, La uh, Rabiba was uh, uh, washed out the road. So everyone, uh, 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 Chewy got pongas together. And everyone took a ponga ride from uh, the Buena Vista all the way up to Palmia Bay, so where they thought they could get a ride, get into the airport, and get out of there. Well, we stayed there for five days. We were the only ones at the airport. Many of the employees there were trapped there because they couldn't get home because the roads were washed out. Uh, But their hospitality and courtesy was still great. Uh, but we were running a little thin of food after about the fifth day. I think uh, one of our meals that we had were sliced up mangoes and cream of lettuce soup. So we were we were getting down to the short strokes for four. But after the storm finally passed, uh, you know, Chewy said to us, guys, we owe you uh, three days of fishing there. And so we were only ones in the resort. Everything was soaked because of the rain. But we still went out, got three great days of fishing in great weather, had a fun time, and it, we've always had a warm spot in our heart for uh, the Valdez family for putting up with us during uh, uh, Juliet when it passed over. It was a, it, was, it turned out to be just a great trip and a great remembrance. You know, Billy told me a different story. He said you guys just sat in the spot and drank for five days and watched the rain come down. <laughs> Well, we weren't called the three belugas for nothing. <laughs> I know it was, I know that was a, a, a one of those wetter experiences, but a lot of fun was had either way. We did. Now, now Stan, you asked Manuel to come on for another reason, too. So why don't you get us uh, into what Manny is doing now? Well, you know, one of my favorite things to do when I travel to Cabo San Lucas, and I'm down there quite often, I always make a, a day 
to drive from Cabo up the coastline. It's on the west coast side uh, of Cabo. You run up the coast about 40 minutes north to Todos Santos, which is a little little town. Just it, You can't miss it. It's the only other thing you run into until you turn right to go back over to La Paz. And once you go into town, if you travel just down to where the road ends and you can't go any further, make a right and you go up about three blocks. There's on the left-hand side is the Hotel uh, California, which you can go in and walk right out. And then across the street from that, there's a building that's about 300 feet long. And on the left end of that is the most wonderful place in Baja, California, called the Tequila Sunrise Bar and Grill. And the owner of that just happens to be one Manuel Valdez and and Manny and I became friends up there where my wife and I go up there we bring our friends up there every time we go and he just happens to have the I think he's won four uh, awards for his tequila cocktails international awards for his tequila cocktails and if you want to know where to go to get the best margarita in the world Manuel Valdez is the man, and he's got the best food <laughs> in in Cabo in north of Cabo San Lucas. It is absolutely wonderful. Manny, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, Tequila Sunrise and when you got that started? I know you quit making bait and wanted to do something else. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, Stan. Actually, I will add a little bit more to your comment, and I will say thank you for your that uh, description of the direction. And uh, I would just want to like to add to your comment one little something. Once you get to that place, it's called Tequila Sunrise. You should ask all of you, the one listening to us right now, for a guy that keeps getting accused for being the one responsible for keep getting people flexible. <laughs> my margarita. The tequila man. Manny, the it's Tequila right. Sunrise sounds like a place that if we come to visit there in Tota Santa's, we better make plans maybe to spend the evening. Oh, or just have yeah, a designated actually, driver. <laughs> you know what? It would be wonderful. We are on a geographical location that is uh, wonderful over on the Pacific side, north Cabo San Lucas, just about 40 minutes north. We're right on the water. It's a small old town, and uh, as a matter of fact, our town is quite beautiful. It's very charming in a quite uh, old-fashioned way. So traveling to the town is like traveling uh, back on time. It is that. Coming to the old Mexico. Yes. So uh, some uh, the old Mexico is a real margarita, and it's what I do. It's what I happen to do. It's what I've been introducing in every single international contest that I have performed as Mexico representative, introducing my creations. And all I do is margarita. So people start calling me here and there, Mr. Margarita, because they thought that they get that level of satisfaction color with those margaritas. So I'm inviting you to come and check and try those. So you can see what it's all about. We, our main town is called Todos Santos. I do have one of my most popular recipes. It's called Damiana Margarita. And I will tell you, I use 100% agave tequila. All right. Young, fresh, and polluted means not woody. 
poncho, of course, orange liquor. Damiana liquor, which is just a very autochthon liquor, is delicious and a very well known as an aphrodisiac. And fresh whiskey, lime juice, and I said that normally on the rocks. So that one precisely happens to be my most popular recipe. So you're more than welcome to come anytime you like. And I can tell you now, you can check out anytime you like, but you will never leave. <laughs> you know, that's exactly correct. <laughs> the Eagles said it for best. But if you ever get a I'm chance sorry? to go to Todos oh, Santos, in fact, I'm it ought to be part of your program if you're going down to Cabo Way. Um, one, he's got the the best show in the world when he shows you how to make the margaritas that he makes without, there's no, you know, store-bought products. It's just liquors and, and limes and how he does that and why, because each one has its own flavors uh, and why they blend so well. Um, the Cadillac margarita, the Damiano margarita, he's got a strawberry and a mango margarita. But his, he also has some phenomenal food. I mean, he is a, he's got a great chef that works there. We go down there and plan on having lunch and our margaritas. Uh, we spend hours actually hanging out with him <laughs> they're having fun uh just watching the show as he shows people how to make the proper margarita the right way without having some store-bought product a mixer that you would put in and it guaranteed it is the best margarita you'll ever have now one thing you need to know too he doesn't take credit cards so you're gonna have to bring cash to so plan ahead of time wow sounds uh, terrific and when it comes to food uh you know we're we're used to tacos and burritos and things like that uh, down here in Southern California. Tell us a little bit about the uh, build a fair that uh, you have at uh, Tequila Sunrise, Manny. Well, uh, with pleasure. As a matter of fact, and without uh, loose authenticity, uh, I can tell you one of our most known recipes happens to be a dish called shrimp or lobster chile rellenos. Oh, yeah. It's a poblano pepper stuff with a combination of four different cheeses. The organical spices that grow around here in Araria, since it's a very well-known organic uh, grow area, most people, what it grows is uh, spices. So we use a lot of that, and of those organic spices, so our cuisine, we keep that for the certification as an organic cuisine. So... We stuff those with uh, shrimp or lobster that at first it gets marinated in olive oil, it's white wine among the organic spices, and then it gets sauteed, mixed with a chunky garlic sauce, and then it goes into the pepper among the other food, uh, the uh, combination of cheeses, and it goes back to the oven to be complete mild together. And we serve those covered with the red sauce that's based on cherry tomatoes, the yellow and, and red ones, and among the other spices. And pomegranate seeds all over around. Oh, so man. that's one of the recipes that we make. Of course, the fish tacos with uh, the uh, mango and tamarindo spicy sauce, the garlic sauce, and, and it's a variety of different dishes always will be there. Now, I'm going to imagine that you draw <laughs> from a lot of the local seafood that comes from that area because obviously Cabo San Lucas and Baja Sur are known 
for having great seafood. So I I bet you you uh, serve up some pretty good seafood dishes. You were not, you know, we're very fortunate. Our local fishing cooperatives keep uh, keep supplying us every day in the morning, and uh, we also had some other fishing uh, cooperatives from La Paz for a different species that supply us every day in the morning. So we got everything fresh every day, and of course we depend from na- from nature, as you were mentioning about the storms. We get affected some of, uh, sometimes because uh, we don't allow ourselves to use uh, product from a uh, day before or two days before. It has to be from the day. So sometimes the nature plays a little, you know, tricks here and there, and uh, we get affected. But most of the time, everything is, is fine, and we keep using nothing but fresh stuff. You know, I got to tell you, there. The, the, if he has his the sea bass that they have down there, you know, it, it is the cabrilla most of the time. Cabrilla is a leopard grouper for those of us up north. It is one of the most delicious fish in the ocean. They they got uh, several different versions of, of fish for the fish taco. A lot of times it's mahi mahi. I like oh, the tempura. Yeah. That's the fried version down in Mexico. My favorite fish tacos are those. Um, uh, we. We spend, I mean, it is a mandatory requirement for, for us when we go down there to spend a day up there with, in Toto Santos with Manuel. And, and uh, one of the great joys of travel is being able to go out and find excellent food and excellent friendship. And I don't think there's a better place to go in all of Mexico than Toto Santos and the, the Kila Sunrise Bar and Grill. Sounds great. Yeah. You know, it, I've got to tell you, if you have been down to Cabo San Lucas, and you think, you know, you're seeing, you know, uh, Baja Sur by going to all the restaurants and the hotels and everything. Yeah, that's a, a certain part. But just go 50 miles off uh, up the road north. First of all, you will see the wild Pacific. I think you go for almost 50 miles. And if you go at the right time, you probably see another. You don't see another soul on the beach at all. There's a lot. There's a lot of coastline there. There's nothing on it, yeah. um, and a lot of Mexico with nothing on it to the other side. Yes, uh, but you'll see the basic raw Mexico uh, at it, at its finest, and then you'll when you get to Todos Santos, it's an old Mexican town. It's a, it, you, it's a great place to go. I can't tell you how much we enjoy it. I know. Uh, it, it's that. I'm sorry. It's actually what I was about to uh, to comment. That if you have to visit real old Mexico, the way Mexico is being known, that's us. Heck, this last year they just paved the road. I was so shocked to drive down (laughs) paved road. I've never been down a paved road in Soto Santo, (laughs) so it was all new. Manny, uh, uh, our time is just about up here, but tell me, if our listeners would like to get a hold of you, or find out more about the Tequila Sunrise Grill, or even more about the city of Todos Santos, because it's such a bohemian atmosphere there. It is unlike anything you'll ever go to again. How's the best way to go about doing it? Uh, well, of course, in our days, you know, the, uh, the media, the communication, we are up to that also in our in order to make reservations to our web pages uh, or to our online, Hacienda in 
S at msn.com or tequila sunrise retro.com. It's, uh, it's us. And uh, I always will be available at any time for anything for anybody. And we always look and will look and we always have look for satisfaction. First for us, and if we supply that for us, it will be supplied for every person that we trust us. So you, every single person listening to us right now is more than welcome to come and visit us here in Todos Santos, Tequila Sunrise. And don't forget, be ready to get flexibles. That's me. <laughs> be ready to get flexible. <laughs> All right. Well, Manny, thank you so much for taking some of your Sunday to be with us and taking yourself away from the business, especially on the weekend. Man, I can't tell you how much I look forward to going down and and being with you in Tota Santa's the next time we go down to, to the uh, the East Cape or uh, over to Cabo San Lucas. Thanks for being with us this evening and, and telling us more about the most beautiful part of the, the country that you live in. It's been a real pleasure, and I thank you. As a matter of fact, as I always say, the pleasure, I always keep it for myself, and I never <laughs> share it with nobody. And I'll always, I'll be waiting and waiting, and I'll keep those words as a promise that pretty soon I'll have the pleasure to have you here. And... Look after that satisfaction that I talked about. All right. Manny Valdez uh, from the uh, Tequila Sunrise uh, Bar and Grill in Toto Santos, catching us up on some of the memories of the Buena Vista Spawn Resort. Manny, thanks for being with us. We've, we've got to take a break right now, but coming up next, scheduled is Captain Mike Franchak, if we can get a hold of him. Captain Mike is just coming in from... Uh, a, a two-day venture going on down south. We'll want to catch up with him, find out how he did, and get a report on what's happening currently off our Southern California waters. But and I can speak. even give you another great place to eat that's brand new in Cabo San Lucas. Be doing that now, <laughs> okay. too. Okay. Hey, stay tuned. Stan, Wendy, and I will be back after these messages. Are you ready to sell your current boat and upgrade in preparation for the 2017 fishing season? It's sure to be one for the bucks. I'm Zach Zorn and a broker for Kessler Yachts located in San Diego. As one of the largest and most reputable brokerages on the West Coast, I can ensure that your boat will be sold in a timely manner or that your dream boat will be found. If you want to sell your boat or looking to purchase one, call Zach Zorn at Kessler Yachts, 760-815-8866 so that your name can be added to our long list of satisfied buyers and sellers. That's Zach Zorn, 760-815-8866. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. 
Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their products. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Don't you just love California in the summer? Just remember, if you love California and you love to boat, please wear your life jacket and make sure the people you love wear one too. Love California, boat California, save California. Share the love at BoatCalifornia.com. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. Hey, welcome back to Rod and Reel Radio. Stan Vandenberg, Wendy Toshahar is with us tonight. You know, that was great talking uh, to uh, uh, Manny and talking about Azul and, and Chewy and Axel and all the great people down at the uh, the Hotel Buena Vista, uh, both in the early days and what it currently is right now. And, you know, finding out the humble beginnings he came from is uh, uh, just being the guy that ran the bait ponga. You know, it wasn't even a bait barge, if you recall, Stan. Oh, I know. That's what I, when I told him, I go, are you kidding me? He goes, yeah, for years and years. He goes, all we did was I was the guy that went out and, and uh, we caught the bait early in the morning. He goes, I ended up having to take the net where you'd, where you'd put the circle around the fish. And he goes, I'd throw my goggles and my swim fins on and go down and grab the bottom of the net and bring it back up so we trapped the bait <laughs> so everybody could have bait for the for the day. I go, you got to be kidding. He was he is such a great guy. I mean, you could tell his, he's one of the friendliest guys in Mexico for sure. But he's got, he's got a great personality, a fun person to sit down and have lunch with at his, his shop there. And uh, just super great margaritas. It's the best in the world. I mean, he's four award-winning margaritas that uh, he's done the competitions around the world with. So it's all good. There's nothing. I can't say a bad thing about it. It's all fun. All right. Now, and I got another place to eat if we've got time. If we're, yeah. if we're going down to if you're going down to Cabo, uh, can I do this real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, uh, we're having trouble getting hold of Mike Franchek. Uh, he was just coming in from a two day, and right now he's out of range. I think. Well, if you go down to Cabo and you're familiar with Cabo San Lucas, there's a lot of great places to eat. And I mean, if you watch Bill Boyce's shows on uh, TV, how he goes to Solomon's. Solomon's as the owners from California originally, and um, there's just oodles of, of places to go, but you, you never know what's a really good place to go if you want something to eat. Um, back when, there was uh, the Gringo Trailer Park up the hill, El Faro Viejo, that got uh, the owner passed away, but his daughter ended up drive, uh, making a place down in town 
um, called La Golandrina, and it's an outdoor uh, restaurant. Everybody in town knows large portions of seafood and and uh, uh, or seafood and and um, steak and and ribs and all of the great things there. But she's opened up a new place, and it's right across from Cabo Wabo. She's got her own little parking lot. If you guys drive down there, trying to find parking is kind of a, kind of a nightmare. But it's directly across the street is from Cabo Wabo, and the and the parking lot is right next to Cabo Wabo there. But it's called Bajo La Luna, which means the full moon uh, restaurant there. Um, she has, and she's, she said, we downsized a lot of the foods that we have, same type of quality, but maybe better um, for uh, the people that are in town. They want to go someplace that's close. Um, and uh, Baja La Luna, I mean, Bajo La Luna, I keep messing that up, but it had some absolutely wonderful food. They've got, I mean, all your different fried calamari and shrimp and octopus for uh, all kinds of different things for your uh, starters and and uh, salads from anywhere from caprese salads to baby spinach salads, you know, the Caesars that, that are part of Mexico and others that are their own. Great grilled fish and a lot of different I mean, recipes that aren't uh, anywhere else in town. They've got a, they, what's called a, uh, uh, how did she say it? It's San Luquina or something like that. It's it's a chipotle chicken breast and with a arachara. Uh, ara, how do they say that? The arachara steak or ranchera steak. There we go. And uh, mushrooms and quesadillas on the side. But, I mean, there's just great location, easy to get to, super great food. Um, they have a, a soup that they, it's called the stone soup. That's a, a soup that has all your fresh seafood in it too. I mean, there, there was just a ton of things. We went back twice. So if you're looking for a great place to go that's new, uh, reasonably uh, priced as far as the town of Cabo San Lucas, because you can pay a lot or you can pay a little. Um, but look for Bajo La Luna across from Cabo, I mean, the Cabo Wabo, and I think you'll really enjoy it. And it's new. Wow. You know, a lot of great places happening. Stan, you know, last year they got socked pretty good by, or actually early in the year, by a hurricane that went through there. Uh, again, uh, did you find uh, that uh, they were bouncing back pretty good from uh, uh, what had happened down there? I think that the Baja California and the people down there are maybe the most resilient people around and when they had two two whacks from the from different hurricanes that came through um this last one didn't do so much major damage structurally as it did water volumes and volumes they had like 38 inches of water and in, in, in about the same amount of hours i don't know but uh it washed away all of the homes for these people that lived out in outside of town in these little arroyos that that's the easiest place to live because if you travel down there you'll look at the terrain and it's really nasty every bush down there has thorns on it i think uh trying to walk through that would be impossible so the people you know put their little structures up where they can and with the 30 year some odd inches of rain that came down in a very short period of time it washed all of that away in fact sissy in town at at uh, La Golandrina 
was there every day for weeks feeding the people that were displaced by all that. And those people down there, you have to understand, this is a third world country. Uh, a lot of the areas in, in town there, it's one thing. But you get outside, and the people are living in just shanty shacks, a lot of them. Uh, they cook on top of a trash can that's turned upside down. You know, they have one pair of tennis shoes <laughs> and, mm. and one pair of pants and one shirt. Well, that, those poor people... Uh, they're down there, and if you don't understand the economy of Mexico, the guys you think that are making the most money, maybe the pongaderos that are taking you out fishing, they make $10 a day. Yeah. That's it. They depend on your tips, and they live on whatever they can make. So the people walking down, up and down the beach selling souvenirs and whatever else, God bless them, they're making whatever they can to stay alive. And it just washed out everything. But when that happened, Everybody in town goes down to the beach. They clear out all of the trash off the beaches. They, they have trucks and, and cars, anything they can carry that away, get it away from town, and get the, the structure of Cabo and the surrounding areas, all the beach resorts and the fishing resorts, back online as fast as they can and get the people back to work as fast as they can. So what you saw was an immense amount of work. On all the highways were completely redone. They took out the tolls on the toll roads so you can drive wherever you needed to go. Um, they had some uh, deviation, you know, some areas that you'd have to go around a little bit to get back to where you're going, but it was easy to travel on. And uh, they had done a great job of putting everything back together and having everything ready to go within two weeks. You wouldn't have known that there was even a hurricane. For the most part, other than some of the roadways need some... Uh, fixing, and there were some structures that needed to be uh, rewired because a lot of the wiring went down. But other than that, it was full tilt boogie, and it All was right. fun. Hey, Stan, uh, we couldn't get a hold of Mike, but we have Alan uh, that's coming with us. Alan, you're on with uh, Stan, uh, Wendy, and John. How you doing? Jorge, Do you mean you put... Ollie? Is this Ollie? Yes, it is, uh-huh. Hello, yeah, Ollie. Hey, Ollie, this is uh, uh, John, and you're on with Stan and Wendy. You say you have a report for us. Yeah, yeah, I just talked to Mike out on the Relentless, and uh, he did uh, radio us on his uh, dispatch. Okay. And he just wanted to let you guys know that he had a re- great trip. He was out on a two-day with only 11 anglers, and they did fish the Coronado Islands, and they wound up with almost limits of bluefin tuna. Or, excuse me, no, they had 15 bluefin tuna, and he said they were uh, they were twenty five to or sixteen to twenty five pound fish, and then he had forty two yellowtail that were ten to twenty five pounders. Plus, he had a bunch of bonito and a few calico bass and some lean cotton sheephead. And he said the conditions out there were improving every day. The water looked really good, and uh, he is scheduled for a couple of three quarter days this week out to the Coronado Islands. Uh, that's on Tuesday and Wednesday, departing at 5.30 a.m. All right. We're speaking with Ollie from H&M Landing. And, Ollie, uh, Mike had a fairly good trip out there. How about some of the other boats? Have they reported? Because I know they had a tough middle of the week. Yeah, they sure did. That weather was up pretty well. Uh, I know the Sea Adventure 80, they are coming back from their two-and-a-half day in the morning. They had uh, 120 yellowfin, 120 yellowtail, and four Dorado. Uh, the Premier, our half-day boat, had great bonito fishing this morning. They had 96 bonito, plus they caught a, a skipjack. 
Uh, it's been excellent lobster hooping. We've had a great start to our lobster season. It's been very, very good. It's just, it, even though it's towards the end of October, it's still been very, very good fishing. Well, we're getting reports that, yeah, there's great mixed fishing out there, but uh, the weather conditions are just not allowing it to be that way. But maybe with this little Santa Ana that we have and everything like that, more of the boats are going to be able to get a chance to get out, especially uh, the three-quarter day boats have been doing phenomenally well out there, considering uh, uh, that, you know, you don't normally think of them going after tuna. Exactly, especially the bluefin. But they're out there, and uh, all the conditions look pretty well for those to, those fish to keep biting. So we've got our fingers crossed down here, that's for sure. Well, you know, it's pretty good that, you know, traditionally we'll have the Santa Ana's coming in here for October, and that usually means that you can get out on the water, and it's pretty pretty calm out there, so it makes for better fishing. And with the bluefin sticking around, the yellowfin sticking around, and the yellowtail sticking around, I mean, just having that bigger bluefin available, because it's still out there, uh, the oh, boats yeah. have been able to get out there to the island, out to San Clemente, have been still sticking those big fish. Oh, yeah, yep. Yeah, I know we've got, uh, I think there's a trip coming up on the Mustang for an overnight trip. They're going out just for those big bluefin. Wow. And they go to our website to check that out. Wow. We had uh, Billy Kelman on last week, and he uh, had had been unsuccessful the couple trips before, and I just talked to him before the show. Billy is a private boater, and he limited out on wow. the bluefin. So the, the bluefin are still there, and... We're hearing from some of the other landings uh, that uh, they're still catching good quantities of yellowfin. So it's just a matter of getting on the boat and getting out there. Because, Ollie, you've been in this business long enough. We don't necessarily run out of fish. We run out of fishermen. <laughs> That's exactly what we tell people. <laughs> exactly, <Okay>. word for word. <laughs> uh, Ollie, if we want to find out what's happening over at H&M Landing, uh, to find out what boat's doing what, uh, what the schedule is, how's the best way to get a hold of you, sir? Yeah, the best thing to do is go to our website. It's hmlanding.com, or they're more than welcome to call us here at 619-222-1144. We do have trips scheduled all through November, so hopefully it's going to be one of those good Novembers. So we're all crossing our fingers. Well, you must have had a tear in your eye, too, when... uh... Uh, you know, the Constitution, after a great season that it had there at H&M Landing, they uh, uh, pulled away from the dock and say, hey, we're going down to Puerto Vallarta. We'll see you in a few months. Well, I almost cried because I wanted to go with them. <laughs> Other than that. <laughs> but, uh, well, yeah, no, we can... wish them all the best. And, yeah, we had a really good summer, and hopefully it continues. Well, you know, the, the good part is those guys, when they get down to PV, uh, that the fishing in Cabo San Lucas has been just getting started. I mean, it was pretty off the hook for Dorado and Wahoo, as uh-huh. wide as you can get. Dorado were everywhere down there. Anytime there's Dorado, you got Wahoo. And the billfish fishing was, you know, they were they were just, you know, we don't need the billfish so much as better fishing was for that smaller stuff. And the tuna were 50 to 80 pounds. Um, then, then some of the boats just before I left caught fish that were in that 200-plus uh, venue on uh, that were close enough, probably from e- either the Gordo, or, and I don't think they'd even swung around to the outside of the finger bank, and uh, you know Uncle Sam and that stuff on the outside. But the bigger fish have already started moving in. 
And that's, that's been kind of hit and miss down there for a while. So, And the first long-range boats uh, made the first 15-day run here. It's always catchy tackle. Uh, I know the guys out there from, you know, uh, they run a 15-day trip on the Intrepid, and it's it's down there now, and they're waxing the fish, uh, nice. that 100 and to 225-pound tuna. So, you know, really for the start of the long-range season, which we're just now getting into, uh, it it bodes nothing but well for continual fishing, not only here, but for the long-range fleet, too. Yeah. Yeah, now, that's Ollie, excellent. Ollie, uh, uh, you consider it good advice since uh, you, you were telling us that Frank uh, on the Relentless uh, was down at the islands to... Before you go on any of the trips or you book or anything like that, make sure you know where the boat's going because, obviously, uh, you have to know whether or not you need your passport cards, your passports, or what else you might right. need to go on that trip. Yep. Your best bet, if you have a passport, you should always bring it with you as well as your California fishing license because you just never know where that boat's going to go. Right. Of and, course, if the boats are fishing offshore at this time, you do not need your passport, but it certainly doesn't hurt to bring one if you have Ollie, it. Ollie, explain that a little bit, because the guys bring their passport because you're, if you're fishing inside of 12 miles, which is down the right. coastline, right. they need if the passport for that anywhere, outside, you don't, correct? Exactly. Because people think even though you're fishing in Mexico, you got to have your passport, but that is not true. If you're fishing anywhere, like you said, outside of their 12-mile limit, you do not need your passport, just a Mexican fishing license. But anywhere within that, yes, you do need your passport as well as a tourist visa. All right. And now, you the other part is, you know, if you're, if you're going, there's uh, some of the boats out of H&M there are running, starting to run the long-range stuff and the availability maybe to get to Guadalupe, which is, a whole different ball game. You got to right. have special permits for that, right. along with uh, your passport. So there's there's all kinds of little things. If you're going to go, uh, just call ahead and ask the landing. I would say what what do you need to bring for sure, and when you need to get there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, we do have it listed on our trip calendar. Um, if a passport is required, it does say passport required. Right. So. And, and not only that, we're running a little overtime, Ollie, but also I wanted to know we just pa- uh, put a video on Rod and Reel Radio about, hey, if you're worried about your gear or you think you're pulling something out of the garage and uh, there's potatoes growing on the, the reel <laughs> and you think you want to go after tuna, you don't have to worry about that because when you get down to the landing, you guys have the, the best gear available that you can uh, rent to fishermen. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we, we can take care of anything you need for any type trip, We've, anywhere from a half day on up to the 15, 16-day trips. And I know We've they got had the rods to rent and tackle to buy. I know they had seeker rods and all that two-speed reels down there for rent, which is you're not going to get any better. Right. Um, and so if you didn't have something, you don't have to worry about it. That's really yeah, the exactly, key. They got the exactly. best. A lot of people don't want to. They fly here, and they don't want to bring their stuff on the plane, so they just rent our gear, which is it's always in tip-top shape. And if you uh, need that little something extra, Rick is always happy to help you out there in the tackle yeah. shop at H&M, and you're, you're going to be yeah, dangerous. We've got, yeah, we've got thing? Rick and Danny Wade, so they'll be more than happy to help you out. Those guys, there's two guys right there that, that can 
teach you how to fish too. Oh yeah. Danny <laughs> Wade is the ultimate guy with a with the surface iron on the planet Earth, I think. <laughs> yep, he's our living legend that works at our at our office here. <laughs> well, Ollie, again, I know we've kept you on probably longer than you wanted to be, but if uh, people want to get a hold of you, talk to you directly, or, again, find out what's happening at H&M Landing, give us that contact information. Yeah, it's 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. And we do do private charters also and sure uh, you would ask for denise or sandy <laughs> all right hey, Ollie, thanks, a lot for, <laughs> thanks a lot for uh, pinch hitting for uh, captain mike uh, always good talking to you and uh, yeah. we look forward to seeing you here again real soon okay good thing okay thank you so much guys have a great rest of the show all right Ollie, be well okay. my friend all right bye-bye yeah, that was uh, Ollie. You normally speak to Ollie at H&M Landing when you go up there and get your tickets or find out which boat you want to go on over there. I want to thank him very much for uh, pinch hitting for Captain Mike Franchek from the Relentless. Uh, so, hey, guys, we went over time. We're going to take a break right now, but coming up in the next hour, we're going to talk a little bit about the 2017 U.S. Open just concluded in Lake Mead. So stay tuned. We'll be back after these messages. can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect. Finally, a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main at El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. He's not just my fishing buddy. After 30 years, he's a brother, and I'd sure hate to lose him. His bass boat's got nothing to do with it. So I make sure both of us wear a life jacket. Save the ones you love, even if they don't own a fancy boat. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Quantum Fishing's got something for everybody. From the smallest angler to the oldest veteran, we can get you out there fishing with the greatest reels on the market today. From the all-new for 2016 Icon PT, to the Tour Mag, to the brand new redesigned Smoke Reel, we've got something for everyone in your family. Have some fun. Take a kid fishing. They're the future of our sport. Quantum, we are performance-tuned. You can get your Quantum products at anglersarsenal.com or anglersarsenal in the Mesa at 619-466-8355. Attention Rod and Reel Radio listeners, be sure to check out the Code Group mobile app. You can listen to the Rod and Reel Radio show live along with show archives without internet access. The Code Group app has all kinds of cool features for fishermen including daily Southern California saltwater reports, weather reports, episodes of inside sport fishing, marine traffic, and much more. Get the free Code Group mobile app by texting the word REEL, R-E-E-L, to 90407, or enter the words CODE GROUP in the App Store on your smartphone. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. 
El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career, and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Rod and Real Radio. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the 2017 U.S. Open uh, uh, in this hour. But before we do that, uh, Jim Slight just sent me the results of the El Cajon Ford Team Open Day Series Fish Off. It was a two-day event. Fished one day on San Vicente, the next day on uh, El Capitan. Now, this is a series to qualify for. You fish the uh, the events during uh, the course of the year. And then what they they do, they take the top point getters. Doesn't cost uh, anything to uh, fish in the fish-off. This is a way you can get in a big-time fish-off without having to travel halfway across the desert in order to do it. And we want to congratulate the father-son team of Chris and Wayne Marceau. Uh, Wayne Marceau I fished with a long time ago on the Bass Busters. Chris Marceau is um, with uh, Berkeley Products. They had a, a two-day limit for, uh, they only caught nine fish, but had a, enough of a weight uh, with 31.81. Second went to Todd Halverson and uh, Will Larson uh, with a 10-fish limit of 28.84. And if you want to know what the heck happened to Mike Falkstead, well, Mike is fishing down here in San Diego. He and his teammate, Alan Tatum, came in third place. They had a two-day limit of 26 83 and rounding out uh, the fourth place uh, and uh, in the field was the uh, 2017 uh, Al Cajon Ford Team Open champions, Mike and Kevin Martin. Again, another father-son team. So, guys, congratulations. Uh, Al Cajon Ford Day Series is a great series to fish. They'll be starting off again here in the beginning of the year. If you want to find more about it, just go to San Diego Team Series.com or San Diego Team Series on uh, Facebook, and you will be able to uh, get the information for next year. Great series to fish. Hey, well, Stan and Wendy, stay on uh, because what we're going to do is I went to the U.S. Open uh, this year, had a chance to get a couple of interviews, uh, one with Rick Klum, one with Brett Height, and one with the, the winner. It's going to be about 10 minutes worth of recorded interviews. And then when we're finished, Stan, Wendy, and I will come back. We'll do a little live, uh, uh, you know, information on the U.S. Open. And then coming on up will be the tournament director, Billy Egan. So, Jorge, if you will, you want to play those interviews that we did at this year's U.S. Open. Here at the third day of the One Bass Weigh-In and with the past, past champion, Rick Clun. Rick, how you doing, guy? I'm doing good. Making the trip all the way out here to the west. Uh, how, do, how does Lake Mead compared to the Lake Mead of uh, long ago and far away? Ironically, it hasn't changed. Nah. If you look at the strings, now the one change that's obvious is the smallmouth. In the early days, there were no smallmouth. Yeah, and it, they're making a difference now when it comes to the total weights. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's, and hopefully that will continue in the smallmouth. You know, like I got, I saw a three and a half smallmouth way in ahead of me, and the smallmouth take a while, but obviously they've kind of caught hold now. And uh, and so I think but what it is, largemouth in this lake are tough always, always tough for me. And uh, so uh, hopefully, but... Still, you know, when I look at the weights, they're not that much different than back when. Back early on, we were, it was pro on pro. 
So you only got to keep the five you caught. Right. Now you're getting to keep your partner's fish as well, which will improve improve that the overall bag. And for example, in the old days, you know, my best string one day I had was right at 14. My partner had 10. Well, if you take two, his two best people in mind, you're looking at 17 pounds. Right. Yeah. So, 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 so that's the other thing you have to factor in is the difference in how many people are pulling their fish together to get a single bag of fish. Now, now Rick, you know, how do you keep going at your age because of the fact that you've been fishing for a long time, you're fishing the pro events, you come on out here to, to fish the U.S. Open. What keeps you going, Guy? Well, I just, I still love it, uh, and it's, and it really, I think it has a lot to do with me staying in, for 71 years old in pretty good shape. Sure enough. Uh, and uh, I'm really appreciative of being in October, though, because I tell you, that July, July and August is tough on you. I don't care if you're young or old. Boy, you don't miss those uh, days of 118 degrees for three days? No, that was four days back then. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't three days then. We That's fished, right. Back then, we fished four days. And so, yeah, I know. I can't say I miss them, but as a competitor, I understood that it worked in my favor if you just kept your head on and, and fished hard because this is like this. And every day, 50% of the field kind of clocks out. Second day, you've got about 100% of the field. I mean, about a, another 50 guys that clocked out. On the third day, you probably only have about 50 guys that are really pushing it hard. And, and so that's the advantage of multiple days is that you, you, you lose a lot of the field each day. Rick, you get a chance to fish a lot of tournaments, and you have over the past years. You happen to mention it. Uh, the One Bass U.S. Open, where, where does that rank with uh, some of the tournaments that you have the opportunity to go and fish? Well, it's my favorite, you know, and I say that because I, 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 the lake is fair. The lake's very fair. Yes. The locals don't necessarily have a huge advantage. So many lakes in this country now, there's so much good locals on the lake that you're, you're really going up against the odds fishing most lakes in this country. I like this tournament, the U.S. Open, because it's a very fair tournament. Uh, probably the most fair tournament in the country. And I mean fair that the, that the lake doesn't play favorites and the fish don't play favorites. All right, Rick, I know there's a lot to do. Uh, thanks for stopping by to say hello to us. We look forward to seeing you next year. Hopefully we're going to get a chance to talk to you again when you're fishing uh, BASS, and much success to you, sir. Thank you. Appreciate thanks it. for being with us. Rick Clun. All right, we're with Brett Height. Brett Height was on the hot seat. Just got bumped off, but Brett, what a great tournament. First day of the tournament, you were in 32nd place. You moved up really well. Tell us a little bit about how it went for you. Uh, you know, it was a good week. I, I pr pretty much fished flawless all week. I uh, fished shallow grass, um, throwing a vibrating jig, uh, the jackhammer by Chatterbait, and with the Yamamoto Zako trailer. And, uh, you know, it, uh, like I said, I only lost one fish the whole whole tournament, so I, I really can't complain. But, uh, you know, a phenomenal week. You know, you just lost by a few one-hundredths of an ounce. Did you ever get that? Did you have that fish on? Didn't come off? Or did you stick everything that uh, that bit? Yeah, I, I had one uh, one good one on the first day that I lost, a three or four-pounder. So, yeah. um, but beside that, I fished fish clean. What do you think about coming out here and fishing like this out here in the West? Do you like fishing like me? 
Yeah, I'm from Arizona, so yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, I'm born and raised here. I've been fishing Lake Mead for 20 years, and yeah, I, I love fishing uh, Lake Mead. It's it's kind of a unique place. You know, great weekend. Uh, conditions were not, you know, 113 every day and everything like yeah. that. How'd that uh, change the fishing? Um, you know, it, it, it made a lot comfortable for the fishermen, I can tell you that. But, uh, you know, I, I think it probably made the fishing overall a little bit better. You think with uh, you know, over 200 teams fishing that this lake succumbed a little bit to pressure, or do you think it's so big that that's not a big thing? Oh, pressure always always, uh, always has uh, involves this lake. You know, I mean, it, you, pressure, it, 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 after you put a few many boats on it and a lot of practice time it, it definitely gets tougher well second place is nothing to you know it's not chopped chicken liver it's pretty good for this tournament especially knowing that you beat out 208 of the best fishermen around great job sir yeah thank you i appreciate it and yeah uh, maybe we'll get them next time i appreciate you coming to speak with us i know you just got bumped off but great tournament congratulations we look forward to speaking to you again brett thanks john Hey, we're here at the third day of the U.S. Open, and the winner has just been crowned. Justin, Patty, Justin, congratulations, guy. Oh, thank you. Thank you Man, very much. you came so close last year. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, definitely a roller coaster of emotions the last uh, three days, just not knowing, you know, this lake can humble anybody in, in a day, so just having three limits of fish, I'm just so, so grateful. Well, you know, a wire-to-wire finish, really tough, especially with the way all the fishermen beneath you were getting mixed up and bags every day consistency really was the key of the game for you what uh, what worked for you during this tournament um we started the day out uh, the uh, throwing the reaction bait shatter bait um had one little grass pile that the fish would load into thank you and uh as soon as the sun came up we just started grinding it out throwing a, a various amounts of jigs um we switched the colors every day it changed and um, throughout the day, we had to uh, go out and, and uh, drag, drag a little swim bait out on some grass lines to uh, either catch our limit fish or to, or to cull. And then uh, we actually caught a couple fish um, late, late in the day before we weighed in out on, on points with jigs. So that was, our, that was kind, of, kind of a four-step approach to, to you know, victory. You, you had a good lead going in, uh, after two days. The third day came along, though. Guys were catching big bags of yeah. fish. I know they did a live report, and there was a, a time out there where it was reported you only had two fish. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, you know, this morning the area I was fishing was, was uh, has been beat up pretty good the last couple of days. It's had a lot of boat traffic, and uh, we got in there late today because we had a late draw, and there was already some guys in there catching some fish, and we had caught two pretty quickly and um, a couple small short fish, and uh I don't think we really got the bite going until about 11 o'clock today. You must have been pretty anxious. How do you keep yourself from speeding up, fishing too fast, changing your pattern? Uh, because you knew you were in contention. You know, though, the day didn't really start off real well for you, that you had to finish strong. What was your mindset? You know, I, I've been in this position where, you know, I, if I if I just grounded out, I, I, I would have caught one more fish, and that's all I could could think of today was just fishing slow and actually the whole the last three days of just we really had to just grind it out and fish slow so today when we were struggling to get a limit um we just you know put our heads down and and uh me and my co worked really well together and we just we just drug some grass lines just super slow to get bite get bites and we got our fifth fish and we had a a a, a squeaker 13 incher 
and uh, thankfully um, we cold it out about midday. We uh, cold it out with a few ounces, which probably won the tournament. So that's you know. And this tournament fish any different in October than it did for you last year because you came so close last year, but it was during you know still during the summer months. You know what? I actually fished the exact same area last year, and um, day two we had some some significant wind that, that came in, and it, it made it really hard for me to fish the grass lines that I needed to. And then the day three, I, I fished the area again and caught a, a decent limit. So this year was just um, pretty stable weather compared to last year, um, and it just worked out in my favor, obviously. Well, Justin Paddock did a great job. Last year came so close. This year, though, you came back. Mr. Consistency... What sponsors would you like to thank that actually got you here? You know, I'd, I'd definitely like to thank uh, AM Graphics for all their support, um, a new rod company, Spiralite Rods, and uh, Costa Sunglasses, Boca Bearings. I've got. <laughs> oh, God, oh, Arizona Custom Baits are one of my buddies and uh, make awesome baits, and they helped me with my success this week. And um, Well, just you know. congratulations because. You're going to have to go out and find a new tax lawyer or something like that. You've just been put in a completely different well, category. I've lost enough money this year fishing, but you know what? Hey, it all it all comes out in the end. It, it's just a wash. So it, it, I, I, I feel like I'm on top now, for sure. All right, so. Mr. Justin Penny, Phoenix, Arizona, 2017 U.S. Open champion. Congratulations. Thank you. Sir. Thank you very much. Thank you. Hey, uh, we'll be back live after these commercial messages with more on the 2017 U.S. Open. Stay tuned. There's still a lot more Ron Real Radio to come. I like rafting. I love whitewater. But I never forget that snowmelt in the river can cause cold water shock. I wear a life jacket always. Anyone with me has got to do the same. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specialty heat treater to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fish at Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. I got a garage full of fishing tackle, and every time I get out on the water, I realize I forgot something important. But I never forget my life jacket. I make sure my buddies wear theirs, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back live to Ron Real Radio. Well, Stan, are you still with us there? Heck yeah. Yeah. Man. What an exciting 2017 uh, open it was. Uh, 
first of all, Justin Patty, wire-to-wire winner, but Brett Height came in on day two with a great bag of fish. You thought he almost caught him. Justin was the last guy to weigh in, and I think he uh, won it by about two or three hundredths of a, a pound, and there was a lot of drama. We got these guys right as they were coming off stage. So, Rick Klum, you could hear a lot of noise in the background with Billy Egan. Uh, you know, he, they were still weighing in fish. And then Brett had been on the hot seat. And for those of you that know what the hot seat is, they'll take the tournament leader at that particular time and, and put him in a seat until someone comes along with a better weight to dethrone him. And Brett had been in the hot seat. It looked like he was going to make it because he had a great bag of fish on day two. And as soon as they announced uh, that Justin had beat him, Justin had his kids in both arms. Uh, Brett came down from the stage, was kind enough to do an interview with us. There was a lot of other people there wanting to interview him. Justin said a few words. It, when, he was, when he was doing the interview with us, he still had his kids in both hands. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so it was great, but... They had a great time there beating out, the, you know, 2008 other pros for the event this year. Stan, it, 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 was, um, it was a pretty good uh, event. We, uh, we got to give kudos to Billy and WN, and we'll do that in just a little bit when we get Billy on for just running one heck of an event. You know, I'll tell you what, I, I missed fishing the events. I, I, I had so much fun. I did very well there, by the way. I, um, I had to talk to, or I, I texted Bub Tosh, who fished, finished uh, fourth, and congratulated him. Also, he had a, a great comeback on that. But I'll tell you what, doing wire-to-wire on Lake Mead on the event, is a, that's a tough road to hoe because fishing changes so much. And you were talking about a little, I think, or you and I were, uh, one day you can have wind and and the next day you get, you know, dead calm, and the next day you get clouds. And you, that's three different styles of fishing on Lake Mead, and the fish you caught one day aren't there the next day. So the challenge of that lake, it is the greatest equalizer of fishermen that I've ever been on. You know, Stan, I, I have fished that event several times. I think my highest finish was only like 26 or something. You had a high finish in that uh, that tournament a few years ago. So I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked Rick Klum. You know, you're watching this weigh-in, 208 teams, and these guys are coming in with two fish for 3.5 pounds, three fish for five pounds. You know, they don't have any weight to speak of, but they still come to the weigh-in. They, they still come to the award ceremony. But what... What is the draw that keeps people coming back to Lake Mead and fishing this particular event? Well, one, you're not fishing for, you know, angle of the year or, or titles or, or numbers. You know, it's not in, the, not in the equation. You get one three-day event to go out and fish against, really, some of the best of the best in the world of bass fishing and, and see how your skills add up. And, and in Competitive fishing, I mean, the rule of thumb is you, you pay to play, so stay and weigh. So no matter what, if you're going to go, always weigh your fish at the end of the day. Always be in part of the competition. Stay at the end to make sure you congratulate the winners and the guys that do well. That's just part of the game. Um, there's a lot of honor. It's, an, it's old school in that. But 
to to be able to fish that event, especially when you get you don't get a chance to fish with two hundred guys, two hundred boats. That's a lot. I got the chance. I fished the Tournament of Champions, I think it was 89 or something like that, 86, yeah. 89. So one of those, I won the Tournament of Champions on Lake Mead. There were 364 boats. Um, Paul Cormany and I were fishing that one together. Uh, but the, the draw for Lake Mead is enormous. And you get guys like Rick Clun and the guys from back east that will come out here and fish that event. You know, John, uh, Johnny Murray and Byron Belvick, uh, the guys, they used to be roommates on Lake Mead. They don't live here anymore, but Byron comes in from Texas. Johnny comes in from North Carolina, um, all the way across the United States, just to come in and fish the event. And there were several of them. Clun, um, I can't number, there's a, just a number of the guys that are on the Elite Series that came to play out here just for the draw of Lake Mead. It's, a one, it's the one big event in the United States that they can come to and just fish for, you know, fun, if you want to call it that. It's a great event. It's a lot of fun, and, and it's just gotten nothing but better in, in the last four or five years. Yeah, and, and Stan, I think also it's an opportunity for the local fishermen that cannot go and fish one of the tour events or even go up north and fish FLW or, or Central Brass like Roy Hawk had, had to come and fish a big event like this and show how good they do fish, and maybe to come home with a little money too. If you if you look at the top ten, I'll just go down the top ten in the uh, the pro division. You have Justin Patty. You got Brett Height second. Mike Williams third. Uh, Steve Tosh fourth. Nick uh, Sal uh, Salvici fifth. Kyle Grover sixth. We know Kyle from Anglers yep. Marine. Travis Jewell, David Kemper, Cody Murray. You know David Baca. You know, you, you listen to these, and when you look at all the big names that were fishing that, these were everyday fishermen that had a chance to come and fish this event and do really well. And that's exactly the key. I mean, you can go out there. I, I just love fishing Lake Mead. I love the river lakes, but I grew up fishing, you know, man-to-man, boat in the same boat on all the river lakes back when with, with – uh, uh, the bass tours, there's several different ones back when they were just all fun. And, and I had my shot at winning. I mean, I had the, the, the second day in, uh, uh, oh, I, I finished fourth and one. I was sitting in second place at the end of the second day, uh, and Aaron was just in front of me, and he goes, I'm out of fish. And I said, I've been weighing 12, 10, 11, 12 pounds a day. And I go, well, I'm going to catch, I'm going to catch that same fish. And he goes, well, if you'll do, you'll win. And at 9 o'clock in the morning, I had three fish in the boat. I needed two more pounds to win, and my trolling motor broke. And I had a choice of trying to figure out how to drive all the way back to Colville, which is going to take an hour and some change, find the trolling motor doctor, maybe take another hour or two to get it fixed, and then drive another hour or so back to the to fish for 20 minutes and then drive back to the way. And I go, this isn't going to equate. But that's just part of the fishing experience, and if you're if fishing tournaments, you know, you have your good ones, your bad ones. You, you take your lumps when you get them. But the competitive aspect of it is, you know, you have a shot at this lake to fish against the best guys, and, and you just have to put five fish in the boat a day. You put five fish a day in the boat, and if you can catch five fish, if you're that good an angler, we can put five in, the, five in the boat every day. You can get a check, and you get a shot at winning. And if you win there, it, it can, it's a life changer. I know, you know, and that's what keeps people coming back. You go, oh, 
I could go to Lake Mead and catch five fish. But then when you go look at the standings, you find out it's not as easy as it can. The, the year I finished in 26th after day two, I was ninth. And I, yes. that, that, that's why I had asked um, uh, Justin. He had two fish. I think it was by 11 or 12 o'clock. Here you're in first place in the tournament. I remember when I was out there, it was like 11 or 12 o'clock. I was in ninth place. I didn't even have a fish. And then all of a sudden, you start fishing faster. Or you, you, you know, all kinds yep. of things are going through your mind. Well, yep. <laughs> difference between Justin, I finished 26. He had the poise and kept himself together, had pre-fished enough, new, had enough spots to go to where he could go and catch enough fish to win the tournament. And this is a, a, a big part of this event, the consistency. You know, that's the best part. And, and the, the nerves that, that, and the pressure it can be phenomenal, you know, and uh, that, that that's part of the game. I think that's part of the thrill of the game. Uh, John, John Kerr, when he won the U.S. Open, uh, John had never fished the lake before, so he goes. He was on Team Graphite USA. He and I were on the same team. So I go, come on, Johnny, we'll pre-fish together. And we went out and pre-fished the lake. And and uh, at the end of the second day, both of us had pretty good fish, but he goes, I ran out. And he was sitting in a really good spot, so I told him we had, we had kind of mapped out where we were going to fish. And I said, why don't you just take the map, because I'd... I'd dropped two fish that didn't make it to the boat that would have made that kept me in the hunt i said i'm out of the hunt so you can have the whole map that we were fishing all of the spots that we fished i go just come and fish all that stuff and try to try to win in the morning and he went through an area and and it it got real real windy the last day and uh he went through and caught three fish through the areas that we had pre-fished in and i came back later on and just went through the same areas i ended up with five but i didn't have five enough to win but he went back into the marina early and caught two two small fish in the marina and it was enough to win but the fishing changed for us day to day and that's really the part that makes lake mead the most interesting and then to get out there and be in the lead because the third day all the easy fish have been caught especially when you've got 200 boats cruising down the shoreline because you're if you're lake mead fishermen in in that open you're you're going to cover miles of shoreline on a trolling motor you're never going to stay you know there's not a spot where you can go and oh i'm going to catch all 10 of my fish here for the two days and then come back on the third day and catch five more um you have to do a little trolling motor work on that lake and so when you go to your spots the first thing in the morning of the third day and justin only had two at 11 o'clock Trust me, he was sweating bullets at that point in time. Um, <laughs> and, that and then would, you get that guys, would be a tough road. Then you get guys like Rick Klung. I know he confirmed it when we had him on uh, uh, last year when he won one of the elite uh, uh, tournaments. He uh, is uh, a past uh, time, a past winner of the U.S. Open. The year that he won it, he came out late. He didn't have the opportunity to fish the lake, so what he did is he found a high spot where he could overlook as much of the lake as he could. And for uh, the last day of pre-fishing and then the, the press day, he just meditated. And he thought about the places where he could catch fish. And he kept on looking at the lake. Never got on the water for pre-fishing. Went out there the next day. And after, uh, at that time, I think it was four days, 
he wound up winning the tournament. So there's all well, kinds of ways to do it, Stan. You know, I'll tell you what, and he's one of those that, you know, he'll, he has his own, if you want to call it spiritual way, making yes. contact with yes. that. He'll go down and stick his fingers in the water or, or, you know, like he says, meditate on it. He has his own way. And I'll tell you what, everybody, if you were involved with any competitive sport where you were on a team, even as football in high school, for instance, everybody had a different way to get ready for the game. One guy's beating his head, one guy's throwing up in the corner. <laughs> Somebody, somebody's walking back and forth, someone's singing or talking to themselves. Everybody has their own way to get ready for the game, so to speak. Right. Hey, Stan, and, let's take a break right now. We're going to try to catch up with uh, tournament director Billy Egan. Billy, after running this event, is doing some serious relaxing. So I hope we're going to be able to catch up with him. You're listening to Ron Real Radio on AM540 or at ronrealradio.com. Stay tuned. Stan, Wendy, and I will be back with more of our coverage from the 2017 One Bass U.S. Open on Lake Mead. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Don't you just love California in the summer? Just remember, if you love California and you love the boat, please wear your life jacket and make sure the people you love wear one too. Love California, Boat California, Save California. Share the love at BoatCalifornia.com. Hey, bass fishermen. Who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the Bass Boat Program It is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262 or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for bass boat insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. Rod and Reel Radio is now available as a podcast you can subscribe to on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. Get notified as soon as new episodes are available, or go back and listen to our past shows. Browse through all of our archive shows at roddenreelradio.com slash archives, and click the subscribe button to get started listening now. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. Well, we had the interviews with a few of the contestants. Stan and I, we talked a little bit about fishing past U.S. Opens and what it was to be in contention. Uh, but you know what? The 2017 U.S. Open had to be probably one of the grandest fishing events that has been ever held here in the Southwest. Here's a guy 
that put it all together with the help of the staff at uh, WN Tournament Director Billy Egan. Billy, welcome to the show, and congratulations, guy. Thank you very much, John. Can, can you guys hear me? Yeah, we oh, can hear you yes, just fine. Good. I just wanted to check. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate well, it. Well, yeah, from I, all of us, i got to say, Billy, what a super great job, brother. <laughs> Thank you, Stan. It was, uh, you know, a whole year of work, a culmination of just so many different things that uh, came together uh, this past week. Uh, and I couldn't have been happier with the way it turned out with uh, the number of boats, the people who came, the person who won, the companies that were involved, the time that was had by everybody. It was just magical. The whole thing, that's all I can say, it was magical. The weather, well, Lake Mead in the U.S. Open is pure magic in, in the first place. And if you've never, I tried to get Wendy to go as a non-boater because she'd be great. But I'll tell you, just the experience of going to an event that's that big, but the U.S. Open is is its own unique and fun tournament that's a one-of-a-kind in the world. Yes, it's uh, it's got, you know, 35 years of history. Um, it's a little more than 35 years old, but there's 35 champions now. Uh, it's been ingrained in uh, Western Bass uh, since the early 80s. Um, and it was known as the very first $100,000 payout tournament, even before Bassmaster Classic and all those, yep. uh, you know, events. Um, and, you know, it was a lot different back then. It was a pro-on-pro situation back then. And uh, Yeah, the, the original number... one, and people don't understand pro-to-pro. In other words, you drew another pro, and you fished against the guy in the bow uh, against all the rest of the pros or all the rest of the people that were out there. Now, that was the old days of fishing, and, and a lot of times the agreement was on those that the guy, whoever owned the boat, and you drew boater to boater, and sometimes you had to flip a coin for the guy who was going to take the boat out. But the guy that owned the boat got the bow for the first half of the day, and then the reciprocal situation, the guy in the back, the non-boater would get the boat for the second part of the day, and good luck. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think there'd be a lot less people coming back at the end of the day in a, in a format like that in today's standards. But, oh, yeah, you know, but it, that's what it was. That's how we grew up. That was part of the sport. Yep. So, well, it, Billy, you know, it's... Huh? Talking, about peop, talking about people coming back, one thing fishermen like is consistency. And, and through all the years, the U.S. Open has been... It's been a summer event. It's been July. It's been August. It's been September. It was an enduro, not only for the fishermen themselves, but also for gear. All of a sudden now, you're going, hey, let's have this event in October. Tell us about your thoughts about, oh my gosh, October. And what was the reaction in the beginning to the fishermen having this event date changed like this? Well, early on in the beginning of the year, even before 2017 started, uh, it was Actually, shortly after last year's U.S. Open, I was uh, informed by another tournament organization uh, that they had uh, secured our dates that we typically run the event in September on for an event that they were planning and basically beat us to the punch on some dates. So with that being said, it's, you know, about this time last year, um, I had to look at all the different organizations, all the different events, all the different FLW, all the different Bassmasters and MLF events 
to try and pick a date uh, for for the anglers, not necessarily for the open, but a date that the anglers would best uh, suit based on the time of year and availability based on other events. And with that being said, I was able to, you know, talk to the guys at Bassmaster and find out when their championship was going to be and, you know, have uh, enough confidence in me that I wouldn't share that information with the public so that it wouldn't get out. And luckily I have the respect of these other organizations and people that we can communicate like that. So I actually pulled all the anglers on Facebook and on emails and told them what my two choices were, which were August and or October. August was, yes, summertime, heat, and stuff, but it also had many conflicts with other organizations and timing. And October just kept seeming to be the time to do it based on the uh, opportunity for those elite uh, Bassmaster guys and the uh, FLW Touring guys that I basically contact throughout the year to find out whether or not the schedules and times would meet with them as well as our Western pros because it's hard to focus on the elites and the FLW when you're getting such a good surge of new upcoming Western pros that are filling the ranks as well. But the perfect storm happened here in October. We shattered our uh, 2016 entry with 186 boats this year with 208 boats. And uh, That's we, great. Had an, we had an amazing event. All the guys that came out, uh, not only the Western pros, but also the you know, the elites and the FLW touring pros had a blast. And, you know, for many of them, they'd never been here before and experienced a shared weight format. And to them, it was something new. And it was, you know, Kevin Short and uh, Andrew Upshaw and guys like that that fished the tour, they'd never, ever fished a, a shared weight format. And you couldn't wipe the smile off their faces, <laughs> no, regardless of where they were in the standing. They've never had a guy in the back of the boat helping them yeah you know and uh they, they they're like we'll be back and that's the thing with the u.s open for the people that are out there who've always wanted to ever thought about doing it once you do it you'll never ever reconsider doing it again in your life it's something that just sticks with you and you want to be there the next time you don't want to miss it and that's fortunately how the last 10 years nine years of the event have Ingrain them itself within the within the community and the anglers. Now, Billy, and, and uh, for the non-boater, this is a perfect scenario for a guy that knows how to fish and wants to go to be involved with a the next level, if you want to call it that, of fun. <laughs> this is the perfect environment. Yeah, and you know when we were uh, a couple of weeks before the the event, um, I was scrambling, looking for triple A's, trying to get them to fill in the spots because we had a few other uh, pros that wanted to come. Uh, we kind of halted at 200 just so I would make sure that we could pair those 200 first. And then, you know, the sediment and the point that I put out to these guys is for $600, yes, it's $600, but you have a chance to win up to $10,000 plus other sponsor items and tons of things. But the experience to learn and share with these Western pros, let alone the elites and the FLW touring pros like, you know, Rick Klund and Byron Velvick and John Murray and Clifford Perch and Josh Bertrand and Chris Aldane and Jared Littner. That's what it's all about. And not that 
you don't even have to fish with those guys, but you're around them. You feel it. You, you're part of the whole energy, and it's awesome. Well, you're yeah. a part. You become part of that of that bass fishing community when you're in there. You know, it's, the respect comes from being a part of it. And the longer you're in it, the better it gets. Yes, totally. Billy, uh, uh, in our interview with uh, Rick Clun, he happened to mention he's fished a lot of these events. He's fished them in the heat of the summer. He really did enjoy fishing this in October when the weather conditions were just a little bit more moderate. I know it might be premature, but might you seriously consider maybe changing this event to, uh, uh, you know, a little bit later uh, or earlier in the fall uh, like this event? Uh, well, you'll, you'd, I'd be silly not to consider doing it again in October. It's the success that we had of this year's event and the ability of some of these other named anglers to be able to attend and lend their name to what the U.S. Open has become because the more we get people like that, the more reach the U.S. Open gets outside of our western uh, region here because, you know, the people that follow these anglers aren't necessarily tuned into what's happening here in the West, let alone the U.S. Open. There's still people out there who've never heard of the U.S. Open, but, yeah. you know, for, fortunately with our, you know, Coastal Live broadcast and the people being able to watch at home, it's, it's gaining that traction and that visibility from people who don't normally get a chance to see it. Now, Billy, we only have about uh, four minutes left before the end of the show, but, you know, you put in a lot of time on this, especially during the event itself. I ran into you at the... The lobby of the hotel, it must have been, you know, nine thirty, <laughs> ten o'clock. You were just coming back from the lake. You had to get up again at God only knows, 2.30, 3.30 to get on out there. Uh, you, you did this in enduro, but tell us, you had ups and downs in this thing. Can, can you put it just real quickly in perspective what your thoughts were about this event personally? Well, personally, the event, my job is to make sure that the anglers and the sponsors and everybody on the front of the camera, so to speak, sees nothing but flawless, seamless uh, a process. And um, what happens behind that camera, which is in my head and with my staff, there's always things that happen. There's, uh, you know, momentarily glitches in your computer system or the, the scale disconnects or water gets into the electrical outlet and yeah. <laughs> blows the fuse, fuses on uh, the aerators and all the pump tanks or, you know, the release boat gets a flat tire on its way down to the ramp and, uh, you know, there's a multitude, let alone just to share with people, going out and fishing is one thing. Coming back with a, me- with a running mechanical engine and boat and uh, gear is another thing because Lake Mead chews people up and spits them out. And equipment. And my job at the end of the day is to count up how many of those boats have been chewed up and are unworthy of going out the next day so I can shuffle the next day's flights and times and people so that everybody's paired and so that everybody possible that has a chance to fish can get on a boat and fish for a chance to win money. That happens for three days straight. I don't get to bed till probably... This year wasn't so bad, around 11, 12 o'clock. Mean, meanwhile, notifying these people at 11 o'clock that who they're going to fish with, what time to meet, and who to call, there's so many things. I mean, just to give you a hint, on the third day, 
of the uh, U.S. Open, just before the weigh-ins, there was a computer glitch in our uh, tournament system. <laughs> oh. Luckily, luckily, I, I'm very close to Bob Tasis, who developed this uh, tournament software that a lot of the tournament organizations use. He was able to send me, after I sent him the file of where that corruption was, within 10 minutes, the new file updated as the first guy came to the stage on the third day. Otherwise, I would have not been able to weigh a single person. You know, and then uh, I also uh, was there till the end, and when all the crowd is gone, all the fishermen were gone, you were still there, you were still crunching the numbers, and then... One of the things that happens that, you know, one of the tough parts of being a tournament director, you had to call up one of the fishermen that had the best finish that he had ever had in his life and told him that one of his day's catches had to be DQ'd. And I uh, I know that's tough. Yeah, you know, um, I've been pretty fortunate uh, in the nine years that I've been doing this now. There are always circumstances or situations where you know you have to make that call and this year at the u.s open unfortunately i had to make that call a couple times on a couple different people and uh and you know so yeah it's a couple minutes but you know, a couple I, uh, minutes is a couple minutes i happen to know that fisherman uh, i was talking to him afterwards he got together with rick clun and rick clun said boy he says that's a variable that you could can control. That was a metal error, and you'll never do that again. So uh, I know he was disappointed, but he agreed with you fully. Uh, you know, I got one uh, thing I hey, wanted to just talk Stan, about, Billy. You had a new boat sponsor, which couldn't have been better. Uh, I think it, it's you want to say something about Basscat. Yeah, Basscat is phenomenal. 2017 partnering with him was the the first step into a really, hopefully, long relationship. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys heard or not, but at the U.S. Open, at the partner pairing meeting, Rick Pierce and I were up on stage, and we announced a two-year deal for 2018 and 2019 with Juan Bass. We're going to be doing the California Open in April next year and the U.S. Open. Basscat and Mercury are the uh, title sponsors. But the kicker is, in 2019, we're launching our first Arizona Open at Lake Havasu, and we're going to have three Opens. You know, from my side, as a guy that insures boats, that's one of the only boats still made by a, by a family, and it never breaks. It's one of the best pieces of machinery on the water. Hey, hey guys, I hate to do this to you, Billy, but we've got to pull the plug in it. We've run out of time. Congratulations. If you want more information on the U.S. Open, look in uh, this coming week's uh, issue of uh, Western Outdoor News, and I think you'll find out everything that you need to know. And, Billy, thanks for taking your time to be with us. All right. Hey, that's it. So on behalf of everyone, Jorge, Ben Harvey, and always in memory of Big Tuna Bill and Paul Eater, good night, everyone. We'll see you next week. Shall I twist your arm? I'd say no more work for mine. Welcome to the club. On my door I'd hang a sign. Gone fishing. Instead of just